Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters. Again, that's at CB Characters or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Hey guys and gals of the CBCU, this is your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred, and this week Iggy and I do our series review for Daredevil, as well as jump into the leaked TV pilot for Supergirl. Yep, we both watched it. Here are our thoughts. And finally, we touch on the DCC controversy for the Women in Comics panel. All that and more. Ears open. Let's do it. Spoiler alert, you're listening to a new episode of Comic Book Characters, and on this week's show, we're going to talk about Daredevil and the leaked pilot episode of Supergirl. So, spoiler alert, there's going to be quite a few spoilers going on here, but I am joined, as always, with the co-host of this show, the amazing, alluring, friendly neighborhood podcaster, (laughs) Alfred. How's it Amor- going, man? Amorous. I'm also very amorous. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, you, uh, by the way, last week this is a like a little stat correction. I believe you said enigmatic before my name. Yeah, and it doesn't start with an I though. So I know it doesn't, it doesn't but it <clears throat> sounds work. like it does. Okay, well, it does have ig in the name. Yeah, and there you go. <clears throat> anyway, dude. So, uh, quit your so you. First things first. Um, yeah. According to the news media, Texas is now a post-apocalyptic water world yeah uh so what, kevin costner is, is <laughs> kevin costner is the governor now and uh, right. he's he's looking for a map and <laughs> we're trying to find dry land i hear it's not a myth have you gotten to the point where you are drinking your own piss okay full disclosure that was maybe happening before this whole oh, under siege. No, you could have just kept no. that one to yourself. Oh, oh, okay. I thought this was we're, like a we're full live, disclosure. By the way. Oh no, um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. It seems like a large portion of Texas is underwater at the moment, and I, I have friends that are in you know the Houston area, especially was hit very hard. Uh, Austin, our former place of residence in Austin. Um, yeah, I wonder what's going on with the trestles, our old apartment complex. Yeah. I think it's just it's, like completely underwater. It's probably completely underwater, except for maybe the third floor. People so did San Antonio just not, not get the brunt of this? No, no, we got it. I mean, okay. uh, you know, it was it was pretty bad for a couple of days. There was some tornado-type stuff going on. Uh, like, uh, they weren't quite tornadoes, I don't think, but they were like... Uh, they call them cloud funnels or something of that nature, and it was it was pretty dicey. Um, did you see any cloud funnels? I did not, but I saw people take pictures of cloud funnels and, and things that were like maybe two miles away from where I was. So, so you saw someone taking sense. a photo of a cloud funnel, but not the. Cloud well, no, no, funnel I mean, I saw I saw photos that people took. Oh, of I see the cloud funnels that were like a couple of miles away. I thought so. you like picture like you saw someone taking a photo one and decided to just focus on that. Yeah, like and not oh the man, cloud funnel. His his hair looks magnificent in this weather. I got to take a picture of this. Yeah, or he yeah, should really no. be he should really be having his he should have his phone in landscape mode because that's 
Yeah, that's not going to come out good. Yeah, that's everyone always goes up and down, but they need to go left to right. Um, yeah, that's just a noob move. That's a noob move. Especially uh, videos. Like, come on, guys. 2015, can we not take any uh, more videos where it's just the stand-up phone? Like, that's Yeah, not where it's just like videos. you just see, like, someone's face, kind of, or, like, but then you got like, the giant black back. bars on both sides because it's just uh, a tiny little sliver of the image. It's like, yeah, it's just a little, it's like just the tip. It's just yeah. the tip of the video. We, anyway. you know, there could just be so much more. You're right. In 2015, change needs to happen. Everyone go to landscape when you're shooting video. Pretend you're, I don't know, George Miller or something. <laughs> yeah, we're doing God's work here. Uh Let's talk Daredevil, dude, because, I mean, uh, we've been talking about it quite a bit <laughs> yeah. since it came out, but, like, you just finished it, which is fine. I'm not, like, talking shit. I think most people should have probably taken their time with the show because it's, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm, I don't know if this is the kind of show you really want to, like, binge watch 13 episodes straight. I, I don't know if I would even enjoy that, to be honest with you. Right. But, uh, anyway, we, we both kind of took our time. I only happened to watch it a lot faster than you did because... I watched quite a few episodes on my when I was on the plane to Spain right. for my trip. Um, the plane to Spain. A plane to Spain. Side, a little side uh, tangent. I was like, I, it, it it took a while to like download all these things and like get them to to actually work on my iPad. It was it, it took I mean it took a lot of effort, right? Uh, I get on the plane. I'm super excited. Like I got all these episodes of Daredevil to watch. I click on the first episode while the plane's already in the air got my headphones on and I noticed that the sound of the plane is so much louder than the audio from the, <laughs> the, the TV show that I just downloaded or from the episode yeah. Yeah. that I cannot actually hear most of the dialogue. That's, and because that's... Daredevil has a lot of really quiet yeah. dialogue scenes, I had to then with both of my fingers, like, push the earbuds as far into my ear as possible to like get the sound. So I looked nuts. Like I was like jamming these things into my ears. Just pushing them until they bleed. Yeah. (laughs) A little blood just trickles out. Ironically, because the show is about a guy who can't see, you're a guy watching it who can't hear. (laughs) But it heightened all my other senses. Like I could see things so clearly. You could really see that 1080p. (laughs) <laughs> anyway oh, uh That's anyway uh i've been i've been wanting to talk about this show a lot of people i would hope have have seen it uh as we but, said yeah it's been out for show. about a month or so about six weeks i think uh that's right um point. but uh we i mean we you know there's a lot to talk about but overall uh maybe we can kind of give our impressions i am a really big fan of the show actually i thought it was great um i thought it was you know it, it, was, it was awesome to have this show on Netflix. It, it really did seem like they were able to kind of get away with more stuff than, than you could on a network show. Uh, and that was something that we talked about even before the show came on, wondering mm-hmm. what, what kind of show this is going to be. And you find out pretty quickly that, okay, there's, there's going to be like some pretty explicit violence and some kind of more adult-oriented content. Uh, and, and it totally works with this kind of storyline. Um, mm-hmm. Great fight scenes. Uh, it's not like I loved the show like all the way around. There was some kind of not so great dialogue, not so great scenes. But we're talking about thirteen episodes. I feel like the show definitely did a lot more uh, good stuff than it did bad stuff. Uh, overall, I thought it was great. How, how did you How did you feel about it? I'm. I mean, this might make for for boring podcasts, but 
I'm right there with you. I was really impressed with the show. Um, I think 13 episodes was the right amount because uh, it gave us just enough without uh, repeating itself. Or no, no, this was the this was the full salami this time. Okay, yeah, yeah, I feel. But like, I I I just thought it was the perfect amount of episodes. I thought more than anything. Um, there was a lot of, or two things really. There was a lot of character development, a lot of character arc. Uh, it's really interesting that, and I wonder if this is going to carry over into the other Netflix shows. Um, but it's funny because we keep we keep uh, making the comment that Marvel doesn't kill people in their movies. Yeah, that is not the case in, in that. We have to series, stop so. saying that. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if maybe Marvel has heard sort of the backlash about not killing people off and 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 they've decided that they're going to flesh that out more in the in the Netflix shows and hopefully because I, I think you as long as the deaths are handled well that you can definitely have some very um, monumental or important um, themes and and events happen with with legitimate character deaths in in the shows yeah. uh, but the other thing I really really liked about the show was how it seemed to consistently, like whoever the showrunners are on Daredevil, they, they seem to really get a good feel for what the show is and what it's supposed to be. And just really, especially towards the back end, uh, episodes 6 through 13 or so, uh, every episode was better than the one before it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, they and seem and to really hit a groove there. That's yeah. Not, yeah, that's not to say that any of the episodes are necessarily bad. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think that's the case. But they just kept building and building, and they kept. It's like they really got the voice and the tone of the show down, and, and they just kept adding to it. And I was just really impressed with that. Yeah, me too. I I, I also thought like they were going to lose steam at some point, uh, and mm-hmm. like kind of find kind of run out of stories to tell. But 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 they didn't. I thought it was really smart to to have each episode, um, at least for a while, and maybe not so much towards the end, but each episode focus on one thing, whether it be Daredevil's kind of story or Kingpin's story. Um, sorry, Wilson Fisk. Uh, Wilson he's never Fisk. actually he's never actually referred to as Kingpin. Um, but they, they always keep things kind of fresh, and if it's like too much time being spent on Daredevil, then they'll go back to Foggy or some other character um, or other storyline. But to go back to your other point with, with the deaths, um, I don't know if it's so much them responding to a backlash, but I think it's Marvel recognizing that with all of these superhero movies and shows uh, coming up in the future, that, that it's almost impossible to tell these stories without having, without having some casualties along the way. Because it's yeah. like they probably figured people are just going to get bored of that kind of storytelling. It's like watching right. the Harlem Globetrotters. After a while, it's like, okay, they're just never going to lose. Um, but, you know, once the Washington Generals win a game, then it's like everyone's interest is peaked again. Like, whoa, really? That happened? Yeah, and like, you're like, so then, then you, you kind of want to watch the next game, game you know? because they could lose. Like, you don't know. Right. Um, right. But, of course, we're talking about uh, a couple of a couple of deaths of comic book, um, of real comic book characters. Again, spoilers. Sorry, but uh, if you haven't made it this far in episode 12... Uh, they kill off Ben uh, Ulrich. I old mean, man Terry that? Cruz. Yeah. Old man Terry Cruz. Um, quick question. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that coming? Oh! Bringing it back. God, that's so good. I wonder if that's going to be the ultimate legacy of Age of Ultron. 
That's definitely the legacy of Quicksilver because I they did not do anything with that fucking character. Uh, well, his name is Quicksilver. I don't know. That's if true. He was very there. quickly. But, uh, in that no, I did. Movie I and did out. not see that coming. Um, I I really liked the Ben Ulrich character. Um, he's a very prominent character in the in the Daredevil comic book. Um, and and then in the comic, he knows that Daredevil and Matt Murdock are the same person, and. Uh, uh, for what you know, I, not that this really matters, but in the comic, he's played by a white guy, or it's a white guy in the comic, and uh, right. you know, in the in the Netflix show, it's it's uh, it's a black guy, which is cool. Whatever, uh, more diversity to cast, that's always a good thing. Um, I I thought, and uh, and I don't know, I don't have it in front of me. If you want to grab the name of that actor, but he was he was fantastic. Um, yeah, let me look that the up. The guy that played Ben Ulrich and. I didn't see his death coming. Um, you kind of felt, I, I don't know, maybe you got the sense. And, you know, you and I have journalist backgrounds. And so I kind of gravitated to him as a character anyway. Uh, because he sort of had yeah. that that feel about him where he, he just wanted to seek out the truth. And, you, you, he, you know, he kind of, there was always this sort of ominous kind of uh, cloud around him. Like, like he knew that he was probably biting off more than he can chew here. Yeah, and that that things could definitely go sideways, but he just couldn't let go of it. But the, that's just kind of who he was. So in that sense, I was always concerned about him as a character on the show. But I also kind of didn't think they would actually have the guts to do it to kill him off. And yeah, me neither. Uh, uh, the actor's name, by the way, is <clears throat> Vondi Curtis Hall. He was in Die Hard too for for just I don't know, all right. He's on Chicago Hope and a couple other things, but. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, I didn't see that coming either. Uh, ben Urich, I mean, I. It's funny because we we had an episode, or we I think we talked once about like you were saying that this character is is likely to show up in the Spider Man movies because he also yeah. shows up in Spider Man comics. I guess that's not yeah. happening now. Nope. Um, though who knows? Marvel does also have a history of bringing back dead people. Um, so. That's not, you know, but he, de- I think he does get buried in the ground. They buried him in the ground. So, yeah. And he's not, a, he's not like super a zombie powered Uric. or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's pretty much done. But, um, no, I, listen, I, I, I kind of talk crap about how like Avengers, they, they, I, I thought it was cool that they had the balls to kill off a character like Quicksilver, but they missed an opportunity because they really didn't do much with this character. Um, and I know that there were reasons for that because it was hard to tell that story with so many different characters in it. But uh, in in maybe even more limited screen time, I feel like Vision was a much more compelling character than than Quicksilver was. Um, and so they kind of missed an opportunity there with killing an actual combo character, but not doing much to make it mean anything. Uh, ben Urich's character, I think, was is is the polar opposite because they really do a lot with that character. You get to the point so where you much. really feel for the guy uh it's not just uh it's not just because you know he looks like the guy who's really gonna bring down fisk at least you know through his articles and his blog at later on in the show um but also because he's you know his wife is uh oh yeah that whole arc with his wife the whole arc with his wife i mean they really make him like a sympathetic character to kill off somebody like that um is uh at least for a storytelling, from a storytelling perspective, is what you really want to do to, to especially to kind of raise the stakes and to to make you really want to 
cheer on Daredevil even more. Uh, it makes you invest in the this. show for sure. Right. right. Um, and I didn't is... see it coming, but part of me was also kind of, I mean, was actually sad. I mean, I, we, I, I look at this so much from like a storytelling perspective. So I almost feel like I kind of look at things a little bit too much, like removed, but you know, as, right. as a viewer, I found myself really liking the Yurik character and I was bummed out that they killed him. Cause I thought they, they, they could have done, um, they, you know, they could have kept going with that character. Uh, I'm not against the the decision to do it. I think it was probably the right move. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it was kind of a bummer to see him go. Do you think? I was just thinking out loud here. Do you think Kevin? This is a way for Kevin Feige to say that print media or journalism is dead. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's really funny, actually. So uh, and and then the the the, the editor in chief guy of the of the paper yeah was it confirmed that he was bought off by kingpin no didn't did you did you see the little montage at the end they the fbi came and they arrested the the other girl that worked in the office that we had seen earlier in the show i don't don't remember what she did okay but they only briefly introduce her like she's just like some background character uh but it ends up being her that was being paid off by Fisk, but not the editor, not the main guy. Got it. And, and you know, uh, on the flip side of that, and what I really like about this, and, and this is just, I mean, this is totally on purpose, but it's, I think it's really well done within the, within the concept of the show. Daredevil and Fisk have a lot of similarities in terms of what their goals are in a way. And there's there's a lot of similarities in terms of what they are as characters, I guess. Uh, but you know, they're they're waging war on each other throughout the show, and there are casualties on both sides of that war. Yeah, right. Like 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 even Fisk is damaged uh, uh, in some ways. One, uh, his beloved Vanessa is almost killed. Right. Um, and you know, so that, that sets him on a bit of a, uh, like on a, like on a tilt. Also and really his, and yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just say his best friend is killed. Right. You know, like the one person that he felt he could trust and confide in is killed. So Wesley. I like that. The yeah. Wesley, Wesley, James, James Wesley. I, I like that, that this show isn't just showing i mean it shows that fisk is powerful and he's far-reaching and you know i also kind of like that um he he himself uh fisk that is physically kills more than one person on the show like he's doing it himself i think that shows a lot of direct power in a way uh but but that he's also vulnerable like he's not you know he's not uh He's not the villain equivalent to Superman. You know, he's not impervious. There are ways to get at him, and he can lose as well. I just thought that was an important thing to show uh, within this series. Yeah, and I think um, the, the way they did it was brilliant. They, they basically told a lot of his story through, like, him courting a woman and, like, going on dates with her. And like, mm-hmm. it, it, it made it it made it a safe place for him to open up and show those vulnerabilities uh, whereas it would have been maybe hard to do that in any other way because uh, it just wouldn't have felt, I don't know, it wouldn't have felt organic. As, as organic if he's just telling yeah. Wesley that or, <laughs> yeah. or just talking to himself in the mirror or some shit. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a really cool uh, way of telling that story. Like we rarely see supervillains going like, you know, they're 
actual like love affair with somebody where they actually see that from the very beginning and it's almost like you know a, a romantic comedy story arc but between like a a super villain <laughs> and a woman who's obviously got some questionable morals um Anyway, dude, uh, I you know this before this turns into a love fest. I do want to mention a couple things that yeah. I didn't love about Daredevil. Yeah. Um, one, the the old abuelita character I thought was a little weak sauce. Um, yeah, didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, you El- know, Elena, when you got, a, I think it was her name. It might have just been Elena. the actress. I don't know, but like, she was just like, I don't, I don't it just it, she seemed very like stereotypical. Um, like kind of ham-fisted a little bit. A little too much. Uh, yeah. There was some lame dialogue. I wish I had, like, remembered some of it. I'm not... This might be controversial. I'm not that crazy about Foggy. Uh, I think he can be <laughs> kind of funny. Didn't really do a whole lot for me. Uh, I think that's again, really funny. Yeah. Why is that funny? Because before we start... Before the show came out, my concern... My concern about the show was, I don't know about Foggy... Yeah, and you yeah. and you were like, "Nah, man, Foggy's good." Like, Foggy's- well, I like the idea of Foggy, <laughs> and I like I like the way that he was written, and I just maybe I just didn't like the way he was portrayed. I I just didn't find the actor that funny. Um, I also think it's kind of weird that like you kill off the Hispanic old lady, you kill off the black journalist, <laughs> and then like all the bad guys are like stereotypical foreigners it's like you yeah, got like the, the russians, russians you got the chinese you got the japanese it's like come on dude can we get a little bit more creative here um <laughs> wasn't, I, didn't, oh man. I wasn't I too nuts about that. that stuff um and i always found that he, almost in every episode there were certain things i didn't love but but it, it it kept bringing me back in with some really cool moments a lot of it um goes to vincent d'onofrio's performance as Wilson Fisk, um, the kingpin. It's just, <laughs> he really does put his own spin on this character. Uh, and you know what? You could love it or hate it, but at least the guy did something with it. It's definitely yeah. not a generic bad guy character at all. Not uh, at he all. comes across as just this like really wounded big kid. It's like he's almost like a stunted development. He hasn't really grown. Um, yeah. On that note, if you don't mind me jumping in. Uh, yeah, go ahead. On that note, I actually read a few a uh, few different places. There are some articles written where they're sort of postulate people were postulating or, or TV critics were postulating that um, that it might be that that Wilson Fisk is actually um, like high functioning autistic. Yeah, I heard that which, too. Right. Which once I read those articles and then I you know watched the show, I mean it seems to fit really well. Like nobody connected to the show has confirmed or denied it at this point. But, um, and I guess maybe that would be up to the director and, or the showrunners and maybe D'Onofrio ultimately to decide if that is the case or not. But, I mean, that's really cool if that is what they're doing. Um, you'd never, you know, that's, that's a whole new thing. And I don't want to go too far into it because it hasn't been confirmed yet. But if it is the case, like, that's something we haven't seen yet, really, on television. Or on, you know, I know it's a Netflix series, but it's the same thing. Like where you see a centralized character that has this, um, you know, um, challenge, I guess. But it's it's not portrayed where that's like the focal point of their character. It's just it just also happens to be part of their character. Yeah, that's true. You know I mean? And I guess that's you know probably the most progressive aspect of that, if that's the case. Though I don't know yeah. how 
how you know willing they're going to be to, That's true, to, divulge to say that, that I, because he is the main villain <laughs> in the show. So yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, they might just not want that to be the focus. But I mean, you know, you can also just read it as a guy who clearly had a fucked up childhood and is just yeah. has had like a stunted development and is just kind of really socially awkward. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how I saw it, though. You know, it, it did seem like he did have like some kind of disorder. I don't know what it could be, but especially in his like speech pattern, it seemed very, yeah. it's a uh, very unique way of speaking. Very unique uh, way of speaking. That D'Onofrio has, has thrown on there. Um, I want to touch back on, on, on Wilson Fisk and his speech pattern in a little bit, but <laughs> to add to your um, kind of things we, you know, I didn't like about the show cause it's not perfect. Right. Uh, the Vanessa character, um, which is the love interest for Wilson Fisk. Right. As in, the actress was fine. Uh, the character was a little flat to me. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, she kind of buys into Wilson Fisk and who he is and what he represents pretty quickly. Like, yeah, a little too easily. Yeah. Like a little too easily for somebody that I imagine is supposed to be portrayed as a very smart, if not necessarily independent woman. Like she really jumps in with Fisk pretty quickly, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's they're in love, and you know, I've, I've, I know I've seen people in love do really crazy and stupid things that are beyond yeah. logic, but I just felt like they didn't devote enough time to showing her character arc, and maybe, I don't know, maybe there wasn't enough time to do that, but that's you know, even if it was just because they ran out of time or they they couldn't fit it, she suffers because of it. That character suffers a little bit. It's a good point because every almost every character gets some kind of backstory, um, and sometimes a whole episode dedicated to their backstory. She right. doesn't, so you just have to kind of take her for what she is. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it would have been it would have been cool to have that to see a little bit more about her and why she is that kind of person. Because um, she certainly on the surface doesn't come across like the kind of person who's just going to jump into a relationship with Wilson Fisk. I yeah. mean, she's got Maybe a lot that's... going for her, right? She's got like her own art yeah. gallery. She's an attractive yeah. woman. Um, like she doesn't, I don't know. I mean, there's like, there's got to be more to it. Um, Maybe in season two. And, you know, because season one ends with them being separated. And so maybe maybe in season two, they might throw an episode her way to flesh her out a little bit. Yeah. Um, that would be good to see anyway. Uh, another Kevin, thing. We know you're listening. So. Yeah. Another, <laughs> right. Another thing I didn't love, and this is this is key, the Daredevil costume. Didn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, yeah. I actually like the black Zorro look, but when he finally breaks out the costume, I was expecting it to be more of like a, a, a really cool moment and he just looked weird to me i don't know something about the mask looks strange and then like the rest of the costume wasn't doing it for me i I really hope they change it for season two i'm not calling for like go full-on red like the comic but maybe just something that looks a little bit sleeker you know i it's funny you say that because i actually i agree uh there is one scene like the last scene you see of him jumping off the building where he has like the little batons above his head yeah. And that's that's straight from the comic book. Like that is Oh cool, is, I didn't know that. That's yeah. like an iconic pose. It's on a couple of different Daredevil covers, in fact. I thought that was really cool. Nice little touch. I agree. The the costume it's so weird because they keep setting it up like he keeps talking about how he's like, I need this thin fabric that's like that's a reinforced fabric, but it's pliable 
and I can it's something I can use and it's you know flexible but yet the costume still seems kind of bulky to me like bulkier than it should yeah. be and no I agree and actually looking at Daredevil the movie the one with Ben Affleck I kind of prefer that costume yeah I do too to this one and I was just like well that's weird like it's it's funny that there's the one thing that where they had time to improve upon the costume from, you know, they had like 12 years basically to come up with something better and they came up with something slightly worse in my yeah. mind. Um, so yeah, and, I, maybe, hopefully yeah. they might make some small adjustments to it. It'd be easy to write into the script, how the costume can change. Um, you yep. know, he could just make adjustments with the dude who's friends with Betty or Betsy or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, not a huge fan of the costume either. I mean, it's no. not terrible. It's not the worst thing, but it, I don't know. It's like a little, a little power rangery, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Uh, speaking of the, the costume though, um, Ben Affleck, or the costume in the Ben Affleck movie was literally the only thing in that movie that was better than this TV show. Uh, yeah. this TV show just blows that movie out of the water. Oh yeah. Now hopefully just forget about it and move, put it in the past. Yeah. But, um, the show was also well received and well, I I think it, you know, got a lot of viewers. So I think, um, you know, we're we're definitely seeing a season two and it seems like something that has a lot of, has a lot of legs, if you will. And you know, one last thing, uh, before we get back to Fisk, um, one thing I also think that Netflix was smart about or Marvel or whoever decided this because there's only 13 episodes, right, and not a full TV season, which is usually, what, 22, 24 episodes? Right. Whatever budget you have doesn't get stretched so thin. And it shows. Like, this show has high production value. And, yeah. you know, it's something that we joked about early on after seeing maybe the first episode and before the show came out. Like, you know, where's the lighting budget and so on. <laughs> but... But it actually had a lot of high production value, and they've got a lot of top-tier acting talent within the show as well. And I think part of the reason that that's even possible is because they only have a 13-episode run to to have to use money on. Yeah, you're right. Uh, speaking of that, uh, every time my wife looked over and I was watching Daredevil... Um, it was dark and there were people fighting and she just thought that that's all I was watching over and over again. <laughs> um, but the uh, fighting scenes, by the, the way, the fighting scenes are great. We haven't really amazing. talked about that. We did. Yeah. We did talk about that in previous shows, but, um, but yeah, like that's almost worth the non price of admission. Oh, I guess the price of Netflix, but, uh, um, yeah, dude, the fight scenes are awesome. And it like, it really shows so well that like, you don't need, you don't need like crazy special effects. You just need like, some some guys you can like pull off some great choreography a couple um, of flips and choreography yeah they were yeah. really well done that's some of the best fighting choreography i've ever seen in a tv show or a movie period. i also love that daredevil in the fight scenes was shown as really vulnerable i mean there were moments yeah. where he was close to death oh like, nobu it, it, oh my god yeah nobu had <laughs> him nobu <laughs> totally had him done yeah uh, that thing was over um but uh and i, I don't know i just really like that um I think I think it's cool that it's not just the superhero beating the crap out of everyone. It's like a, it's like a, an even fight. It makes it a lot more compelling. And, and the fight scenes were were awesome. It's like one of the best things about this show. Um, we haven't even talked about Stick. Um, there's That's a whole, say Stick. Yeah, there's a whole episode <laughs> dedicated to the character of Stick. 
which I thought was great. A lot of people, um, I guess, point to that one as like one, one of the standouts. To me, it was. Um, it's like one that you could watch really on its own without, I don't think, even watching the other episodes. And it's kind of it kind of works as just a standalone story. Um, yeah. I, I like those types of episodes. I thought the stick character was really, really interesting and intriguing. I like that it was different from what we had seen before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember in Iron Man 3 when Tony Stark, the way that he talks to the the kid who helps him out the little was, kid, like, yeah. was really funny and like kind of edgy. Um, this has a little bit of that where you have stick just being a dick constantly. Just kind of being uh, a dick to the kid, he, to little yeah, Matty. Even to little Matt Murdock. So uh, I like that character. Who's a, a blind lot. kid. He's, Who's a blind he being kid? a dick to a kid. He's being a dick to a blind kid. Like that's, that's awesome. But I like the touch way. of stick still having the gift that, um, that Matt gave him. Yeah. The little bracelet. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was so good. It's yeah. like it showed that he does have a heart. He just doesn't show that to anyone. Um, right. I don't know. It, it, it really sh- it gave that character a lot of depth. Um, so many good characters in this show. I mean, just so oh, many yeah. good, like, like non... Uh, on, I'm trying to think of how to put this. They're not paper thin. The characters have right. real edges to them. They're developed. Even in short spurts, they're just... so. The show is just filled with with really fantastic characters uh, yeah and, and it's got it a worth watching it definitely has a batman type vibe to it i think we mentioned that uh yeah the look and the tone of it does feel very batman uh and it you know he kind of goes into batman voice every now and then daredevil yeah, and he, does i mean he's he he wears all black for most of the movie yeah. too it's so like rachel wait wait a minute <laughs> karen <laughs> that was really good by the way the rachel line there yeah that's thank one of your you. best dude thank you speaking of speaking of impressions uh we've been known to have a uh, little impression offs every now and then we like to call them connery uh seaneries i'm sorry uh uh because of the first one we ever did was sean connery and uh that was one of the lowest moments of my life because uh, <laughs> i lost to you uh in the sean connery impression off uh i still feel like i just didn't bring my a-game that day but That's um, okay. I, whatever i've i've conceded defeat um We've done a. Uh, I think we've done maybe one other one, or has we it been did, two? I uh, know we did Batman. We did. We did uh, Batman. Do you bleed? Do you bleed? And then we also did Quicksilver's. <sighs> yeah, we did did you see that coming? Did you see right? that coming? Yeah. So this is number four, uh, and we thought we would do. We would try to recreate Vincent D'Onofrio's incredible, incredibly unique delivery as Kingpin. Um, what do you think? Did you ready? You ready to do this? I'm. I'm ready to try. I uh, I always feel like I got this shit down, and then as soon as I try it on the show, it just sounds like <laughs> garbage. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm feeling about this one. But so, uh, who wants to go first, sir? Do you want to go first? You know what? I'll go first because if you do it the way I think you're gonna do it, I'm gonna like I won't be able to recover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So, Kingpin, uh, uh, um, maybe we'll try and in, in, in post production get a an actual clip of him clip saying of this. Him. I don't know if we will, but uh, if you watch the show, you notice that he's got a weird kind of cadence to the way he speaks. Uh, a lot of uh, dramatic pauses. Uh, pregnant pauses, I think. Pregnant pauses. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll just try and recreate it. We'll do our, the best we can. But uh, He also anyway. has a, a great affinity for the city in which he lives in and <laughs> constantly. If you want to do a drinking game to Daredevil, yeah. just anytime Fisk mentions the city... Take a drink. You will it's, you will be drunk like yeah. it's at almost, least half the episodes. It's almost every time he talks. He's like, 
the city. Oh, yeah. It, the city. Anyway. City. Okay. So the line, um, should, I, should I actually just tell everyone what the line is so that way when we say it, they Okay, they sure. Know? Yeah. So Go ahead the just line read it is, in your regular yeah, I'm just nasally read voice. My little, my little voice. Um, the line is, I want to make this city something better than it is, something beautiful. You took that away from me. Beautiful. That, I mean, honestly, that's about as good of a kingpin line as you're going to get. I mean, as far as like, you know, representing the kind of shit he says on the show, that is, yeah. that is pretty much perfect right there. Yeah. Except it only says the word city once and not like nine times. Not nine times. Other than yeah. that, it's a good representation. Yeah. Um, all right. Good. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Come on, dude. Now or never. I want to make. Th- I want to make this city. Something. B- better than it is. Something beautiful. You took that away from me. Oh my God, dude. Thank you. Thank Incredible. You. That was great. <laughs> Though I think okay. if he spoke that slowly, uh, I think Daredevil would have been maybe 22 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he probably would have been eating a sandwich. <laughs> All right, here we go. Him. Vincent D'Onofrio. I'm going to channel him right now. That's channeled by Ignacio. I want to make this city something better than it is. Something beautiful. You took that away from me. Very good, dude. I've, How was that? I was good. You didn't, you didn't um, make the pause adjustment sounds that you had been doing previously. Um, <laughs> the constipated uh, sounds. The constipation sounds. Uh, <laughs> I call. Them. I thought. See, you know what? Though? I usually go too over the top with these impressions, yeah, so, so I thought you, you I would it scale it back a little bit. There you go. I mean, I mean, it's a win, it, dude. I'm not trying to fuck around here. So yeah. Uh, everyone so listening. CBC, CBC Universe. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and give us a vote. Just simply comment uh, with who you think should, who did a better job, me, Alfred, or Ignacio. Um, you can do it on the Facebook page, Twitter, uh, Gmail, cbccharacters at gmail.com if you want. You can just uh, text us. Yeah, if you know us personally, just text us, however you want to do it. You, could, you know, Carrier Pigeon, Raven, if you're a Game of Thrones fan. I don't want um, any ravens being sent my way, dude. Uh, I don't mind, so send those ravens to me. That's fine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all in all, though, happy that there's a season two. Uh, excited to see more D'Onofrio as Fisk. Um, Charlie Cox just hit it out of the park as well. Um, liked Karen Page. I mean, everything. Everything was great. Yeah. So, just looking forward to season two and see what else they've got for us. I oh just as a small aside, and this will be the last thing on King on Daredevil. Um, I read uh, yesterday morning, in fact, that they're supposedly going to start doing a casting call for Elektra. Oh, interesting. To be in season two, uh, so and they kind of they kind of hint at it when Foggy and Matter. Uh, it's a flashback, and they're on col- on the college <laughs> campus, and Foggy asks him, are you still seeing that Greek girl? And Maddie's like, oh, no, that didn't work out. Oh. And Foggy says, oh, yeah, that. it never does with you. So Electra is Greek. Yep. Now, maybe they're referencing her, maybe they're not, but that's like a small Easter egg. 
And it looks like she is going to be in season two. So it'll be really interesting to see what that portrayal is going to be versus, again, what we saw in the Daredevil movie as portrayed by Jennifer Garner. Gardner? Yeah. We both said that the same way. Did you Did you also catch Yurik uh, showing that uh, he had like a cover of the newspaper or the, the front page? Ah, with the it, Avengers, right? It seemed like a reference to the Avengers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Battle for New York or whatever, I think is what they call it. The Battle yeah. of New York, yeah. So little Easter eggs, and if you do like a Google search, there are little Easter eggs. I'm sure there's a whole list of them. And I think Captain um, America gets name dropped at one point on the show. Does he? Yeah, someone's like, well, I'm not Captain America. I don't remember what the Oh, was. yeah, yeah. But, anyway. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, anyway, we like Daredevil a lot. Uh, I'm sure everyone in the CBC universe, that's right, it is that big, uh, has an opinion on this. So send us your thoughts, and we'll try and get them on this show next yeah. week. And, uh, yeah, because I, I don't know what else we can add about Daredevil. It's a we great show. We love fan interaction. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you guys haven't checked it out, um, check it out. Check it good. out. So, on the other side of the comic book spectrum, oh. the other big bad, the other big guys, big guns, um, DC Comics, DC. Yep. they have partnered with CBS Television, and they're going to be producing a show based on Supergirl. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, Supergirl. So, um, that actually got, there. Were, I'm sorry, there was a, a leaked pilot that recently was leaked. Uh, for leaked. that show, a lot of leaking, a lot of leakage uh, over at DC. Because if you if you don't rec- if you recall, you might not. A couple of year a year or two ago, uh, before the Flash uh, showed up on the CW, they leaked the pilot to that show, or the pilot to that show got leaked as well uh, a yeah. few months beforehand. And the weird thing about these leaks is that they're fully developed shows. Like the leaked version is in HD quality. Yeah, yeah. All the effects are in, no watermarks, nothing. Like, it's the actual show. And it kind of makes you wonder if somebody over at DC is doing this on purpose to try to gauge kind of fan feedback. Because I, I, they, I would think so, yeah. They did that with Flash, and it got huge, hugely positive feedback. And I, lo- I like Flash. Like, I've watched the entire first season of Flash on Hulu, and... Uh, not a sponsor of the show, by the way, but that's just where it is. Hulu.com. Uh, and I liked it. I liked The Flash a lot. Um, I, you and I both uh, were fortunate enough, I guess, to see Supergirl, or unfortunate, depending on where you stand, <laughs> um, on your opinion of the show. But So we both saw it just yesterday, uh, yesterday and today, actually. I saw and, it, yeah. I just saw it uh, like an hour ago, a little over an hour ago, yeah. yeah. Now, Supergirl inherently has i feel like a lot more pressure on it as a show than a lot of the other character shows that could be out there for instance daredevil arrow flash um and even agents of shield in that one supergirl is literally superman adjacent totally yeah she's um, always going to be in the shadow of superman like no there's, matter there's what. no way that's not gonna happen and that's not because she's a woman or anything it has nothing to do with that just as a character She's Superman and Jace. Like, Superman came first. They decided later on to develop Supergirl as a character. That's great. 
And know? There, there's there's a hierarchy of superheroes, right? And like in DC, in the DC universe, it's Batman and Superman one and two. Yeah. One A two one A one B. Everyone else is underneath those guys, so right. it's right. It's not like she's under. I don't know. Give me like a lame Aquaman. DC Aquaman. Yeah, she's not under Aquaman. She might be on. Not, I don't know. Is she under Aquaman? I'm not even sure. She might be. Uh, no, no. They're they're maybe on level. They're on the same plane. Okay. Anyway, so your your point is well received. Though she's definitely always so, going to be in the shadow. So that show. So that show in, inherently has that as an issue. Um, and then beyond that, uh, you know, the trailer was released a couple of weeks ago, and that trailer to me. <laughs> was so problematic uh, it made the show look like a generic romantic comedy it was like legally blonde or something it was like legally blonde meets like the devil with the show devil wears prada that's a that's a movie called devil movie. wears prada the yeah. movie. it was also yeah, well, it was a book it was a book but it okay yeah. and a book um right. but it's got like calista flockhart's in it as kind of like the, a jay jonah jameson character um, she's like a media mogul right. of not of metropolis by the way no <laughs> yeah yeah please name drop the city in which uh, supergirl lives please they li- i don't know who came up with this idea but it's like literally they would probably had a meeting and this was like the first idea that came up and the guy who suggested it was probably like under pressure to say something and he was like oh they're gonna they're gonna hate this and then everyone in the room surprisingly was like okay we'll go with that yeah. they're like the uh, name- kingsley wh- what do you got for the name of the city that supergirl is gonna live in uh uh, yeah. uh National City? Oh. Brilliant, Kingsley. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's the name the of the entire, fucking city. The entire nation is going to go behind this. It could be National, any city. National, National city. city. That is <laughs> amazing. That's like having someone go like to a college on the show, and it's like the College of America or something like that. <laughs> America University. Or like- America University. National City, dude. What National the fuck city. is that's- that? It does. It's like a goddamn. <sighs> it, it makes no fucking sense. Okay, so I feel like with this show, we're gonna kind of go reverse of what we did with Daredevil. And Daredevil, we talked about all the things we loved, and then we ended on things we didn't like. I think this time, you know what though? Let's. I, I don't want to mess up your your thread because you were talking about Callista Flockhart, obviously. Ally well, so Callista Flockhart is basically Ally McBeal, right? And right. and she she plays this character that's a cross between J. Jonah Jameson and like. The woman from Ugly Betty, Devil Wears Prada. She's totally Devil's Wears Prada. And Devil Wears Prada, Glenn, yeah. uh, not Glenn Close, uh, Meg, Meryl uh, Streep, no. Meryl, Streep. Meryl Streep's <laughs> character, um, which is whatever. But it it seems like a at least in this pilot episode, a very one note character. Oh, um, totally. she's just a she's just a, a bitchy boss. That's a, she's that's just it. a bitchy boss, and and it's and I don't know. Is her assistant assistant who she yeah. just treats like shit? She just makes her go get her coffee and like wraps, wraps lettuce wraps, and then like makes her go pick up shit and like tells her about her wanting to cut the staff at the Tribune, just the right, Tribune. The I, I don't know what is the full name, the National City Tribune. <laughs> uh, National City Tribune. Yeah, dude, and like, and so. Supergirl is just her assistant, but yet she can afford like a really nice apartment. I want that and, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point I noticed this and this might just be, it might be a little sad that I even noticed this. Um, maybe I should just stop drinking, but uh, she's drinking scotch at her apartment and it's Johnny Walker blue label 
which I happen to know is the best Johnny Walker you could possibly get. It's the top of the line. Yeah, so it's like one hundred twenty dollars a bottle. Yeah, more even more than that, one hundred sixty. Maybe more than that. She's a she's a she's like kind of a a baller, a high roller, but she's an assistant somehow as an assistant. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe assistants, if you're the assistant to the number one media mogul in National City. Maybe you would uh, make a lot maybe, of money. Maybe, you bank, That's a good maybe point. you're making 80000 a year. I don't know. But Also, her parents, um, the, the Dovers, the Davers, the Danvers. Dan, Danvers. Her adopted parents, obviously, because she's from Planet Krypton, uh, yeah. are played by, and you didn't even notice this when I did happened. not notice this, yeah. Dean Kane, who, as yeah. we all know, played Superman in the television show Superman. Oh, well, it's called Superman, well, it's right? Adventures, Adventures of Lois and Clark. Oh, okay. So I fucked that up pretty bad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay. And then the other, the, the her Derail. adoptive mom. Yeah. Oh, the mom. This is what I was looking at, right? It was the woman who plays Supergirl in the movie, in the, the movie, right? Eighty-four movie. What's, I don't actually do you, know her name, but I'm looking it up right name? now. It okay, is. That's cool. Is it fit? No, it's Helen Slater. Yeah, that's right, Slater. Yeah. Anyway, is those are those, those are the yeah. uh, the actors who play your adopted parents who show up in one scene. Uh, you did not notice that the first time around. Uh, I noticed it and it made me laugh. Um, but anyway, uh, nice little touch, actually. Nice I little didn't touch. See it. Nice, little nice touch. touch. So uh, they do. And the other thing about this the show, again, I said there are going to be some inherent issues with the Supergirl TV show. One, Supergirl is going to be in the shadow of Superman. Two. Um, the demographic for a show like this is it's it's kind of weird in trying to determine what you're going to go for because are you going to go for women you know age 18 to 35 or are you going to go for like a mixed audience like it's it's really hard for me to tell who the show is for although i imagine they're trying to skew the demographic towards women in some capacity um yeah. I feel like they're going to have a hard time trying to balance that and try to gain male viewers as well. I just think yeah. that's going to be an inherent issue with this show. Yeah, you're right. And the question is, are there enough young women audience members willing to watch this? Um, and I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But mm-hmm. uh, definitely watching the show, I think I realize, and this is kind of inherently why this might be difficult for us to review the show is that I don't think you or, or I are in this demographic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at all. Last like, I checked. No. Yeah. I mean, we both, we both like comic books and we both like comic book stories. And I, I, I got to say, I, I did enjoy uh, parts of this pilot, mm-hmm. but it's not the kind of show I'm really going to spend much time on. Uh, it's, you know, tonally completely different for something like daredevil. It really does play like, and it's funny you mentioned, you know, we mentioned like legally blonde and Devil wears Prada. It, it kind of plays like those things which are, you know, geared towards women or young women or just women in general. Um, mm-hmm. So, and but then just adds the superhero element to it. Um, so to me, that that seems like the kind of show that really is going out and looking for the the female demographic. And I, I think it could work. I don't know. I mean, I I, yeah, I thought it was the way it was idea. written. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it really is kind of like written in a very kind of fun, breezy way. So it's, you know doesn't have, take much investment it's just kind of like a fun show yeah having seen the flash all the way through it's very sort in in sense in tone at least it's very similar to the flash in the sense that the flash is very it's a much lighter show 
Um, and the, it's kind of not necessarily happier, but it's just a brighter hero show compared to like Arrow or even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Gotham or, you know, Constantine or any of those other shows or especially Daredevil. You know, Flash and Supergirl seem to have more in common that way. Um, you know, and here's the thing. They you have to take that first step somewhere, right? So if they're trying to build a female audience that also might be peaked into the superhero thing, maybe dip their feet into it if they're not already in that sort of demographic, you have to start somewhere, and maybe this is a great way to do it. Like you said, we won't really know until the show comes out and we see the ratings and whatnot if people are going to respond to it. It seems to me like almost, at least based off the pilot, that the show is more about... Her name is Kara... Uh, Kara right. L, I guess. Kara. It, the show is more about Kara and her life, just in general, than the fact that she is Supergirl. Like, she is Supergirl, and that's going to definitely factor into the show. But I feel like that's almost like the B storyline, or that seems like it's going to be the B storyline to how the show works. You think it's the A storyline is going to be her as a superhero doing superhero things? Is that what you're saying? No, I think the A storyline is going to be her kind of navigating her life as a civilian, right? Well, and then interacting with, yeah. you know, Jimmy Olsen and her boss and the guy who's her friend who likes her. There's so many like tired tropes in the show that, that yeah, kind of really bother is. me. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I, it, it it plays kind of like a romantic comedy with like interspersed scenes of like superhero stuff. Um, exactly. So exactly. I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, you know, at this point, it's like we're not going to get a female character in something like as gritty as Daredevil, which is funny because like we both just saw Mad Max recently, and that has a, a, a female yeah. protagonist in something. Charlize. Charlize Theron. In something that is so typically good. not considered like a a woman's movie. You know, doing something that's really outside the box. This show is not doing that. This is like no, it's standard, not to do that at all. <laughs> generic. Like this is this is like stuff we've we've we've, we've seen, seen before. before. Uh, and maybe maybe that, that's maybe yeah. they're trying to ease that demographic into it. You know, maybe I I don't know. I don't I I'm 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 trying to be careful because I don't want to make it seem like I'm being pandering or like I'm trying to pander to anything. I just well, no. I'm listen, not I think. I think that's going to be the case even if it's a male show. It's like network TV shows just in general are usually going to be broader and like not. Um, yeah, they're more you know, paint by the numbers. Paint by the numbers because they're trying to get as big of an audience as possible. Uh, it true, has really true. little to do with if, if the main character is male or female. But it's always that's it's true. always going to be kind of dumbed down. And, and this show kind right. of kind of feels that way. Um, and not trying to pander either here. But like, you know, it, it's right. just meant for a younger audience, I think. Um, yeah, and that you know has like, its place and that, everything, but that doesn't that mean means, we can't talk shit about it. <laughs> that's true. Because... That's true. Um, so I'm actually going to show my little sister this show at some point. She's 11. I think she would like it. Like I just feel like it's something she might enjoy. She likes Black Widow. She's a big fan of Harley Quinn. Um, you know. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> having listen, me I... as her older brother, there's like no way she can avoid the comic book stuff. So, like. <laughs> I think she'll like it, and I think she'll enjoy it, and I think my mom and her will probably enjoy watching it together. I'm suspecting. We'll find out. There are some things that the show does do well, or that I think could possibly do well. Um, I like the Jimmy Olsen casting. They, again, went uh, contrary to the typical um, race 
in the sense that he's a he's played by a black guy. Which is funny also, to me that we got yeah we have black we, we all like for some reason on both Daredevil and Supergirl, the black and Superman, Man of Steel, and Superman are journalists. Which is just all really the journalists funny. are black now apparently. Yeah, that's that's I don't know just a thing. I mean, I so think I it's think great. You're, you're, it's just I funny that screwed. it's. A, <laughs> you wouldn't have a job in in these comic book universes. Is yeah, that's a good happening. point, man. It's a good. You point. would have no job. I mean, it's um, an industry that's like pretty well underrepresented as far as black people go. It's just funny that like all of a sudden they're all over the the news media in the comic book world. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because we got Jimmy Olsen, we've got uh, Perry White in the Superman film, and then Ben, ben Ulrich. Oh, and then in, even in Flash, Iris West or Iris, um, Iris, yeah, Iris West, who is the Flash's love interest. She she's traditionally a white character. She's black. Now in the comic, she's not a journalist. But in the Flash TV show, Iris becomes a journalist. You gotta be kidding me! So like, this must be like what Marvel and DC are comfortable doing is so far, I guess. I mean, let's. Be, I mean, they have they have done like different casting. We've obviously seen Kingpin uh, played by Michael Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Uh, you know, the new Human Torch is black. But uh, as far as TV shows go, it's just going to be journalists, apparently. I think I think journalism is just they're just very comfortable in that in that zone for whatever yeah. reason. Um, but I do like his character. He's like the smoothest guy on the planet. Like, I do. I uh, thought it was kind of weird in the very, pilot. Very charismatic. You know, you never, never see him with a camera. Like he's never <laughs> actually true. doing any work. He just seems to be like he's just being cool. <laughs> he's just being just, cool and like walking around the office. That's all he does. Cool. Um, I'm not a fan of the sister. Uh, and I don't know if that's because oh, of the way they write character. her or yeah. the actress. I. So here's what I think happened. I lo- you and I like to play this game where it's like, what was it like in the producer's room or in the production meeting? Right. And what I think, this is what happened at CBS slash DC or Warner Brothers. Okay, guys. Frozen is the number one movie <laughs> in America. Little girls love this whole sister thing with Anna and Elsa. The Prince Charming doesn't even have to factor in anymore. How do we capitalize on this? Yeah, <laughs> and then Kingsley again, uh, sir. What if we give Supergirl an adoptive sister, and we make her blonde and the other one brunette, kind of like Anna and Elsa, and they love each other, but they also fight because grr, because they're just you know they don't get along. Wow, you're brilliant, Kingsley. I'm coming to you next. Whenever we need to name the city in the show, <laughs> and that's how that happened. <laughs> like I think that's how that yeah. happened. You're totally right. Uh, and um, like we need, we also need a city for the sister to be traveling to. What do you got, Kingsley? Uh, Geneva, Geneva. Can we say it nineteen times in the first twenty minutes of the show, please? Right, but Supergirl. Okay, so <laughs> in, in the beginning, uh, this is the pilot episode. Supergirl, right. you know, knows that she's Supergirl, but she's her, her main focus in life is to like assimilate and just be a human being. She's she doesn't really want to use her powers, right? She knows yeah. like about her cousin Superman, how he awesome he is, and everyone else loves him. Uh, but uh, pretty quickly she realizes she's going to have to use her powers because her sister uh, is on a plane that's, like, going down. Uh, it was on its way to Geneva, though. On its way to Geneva. Uh, so Supergirl has to uh, basically fly up and save this plane from crashing. And then the sister, instead of being super grateful that she's not fucking dead, yeah, like, comes back dead. and is like, what are you doing? Like, now everyone's going to know you're Supergirl. Because, like, somehow that's the main issue here. Yeah. 
Like, we, I mean, you already live in a world where Superman is known to people, but, like, your sister is Supergirl is somehow not. That's not cool. And, of course, you would rather her hide that than save your life. Uh, yeah, it's such a such weird, a weird intro to this character. Yeah. And then I, later on, she even says something like about, her. like, yeah. you know, I thought, like, putting you down would make me feel better or something like that. And I was like, dude, this character yeah. is just awful. I yeah. Hate her. Uh, I wonder... Supergirl, on the other hand... Oh yeah, lovable. She's almost I like kind of new girl ish. She's doing like almost like a. Would you say a she's dash. almost Zoe Deschanel, Jace, in a little bit? She's she's, she's she's a dash. This is hard to say. Dash, dash a Jace, <laughs> just dash a Jace. I think we just we just coined a new phrase. If we could ever wow. say it correctly, dash a Jace. Yeah, yeah, I think she totally is dash a Jace. I love that. I love the character. I think the actress that plays her does a fantastic job. I think they got a real winner. In, in this yeah, lead, and it's good because I think for this show to make it to work, you had to nail the Supergirl character and and the Kara L uh, character yeah. with a good good face, good you know good personality. Whoever's going to be the actress, and they there did are some it, funny moments too. I really I think my favorite part of the pilot was the montage where or like the suits. The, the 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 buddy uh, of hers from the costume. The, oh, not just the costume, but I mean, that that's that is part of the montage. It's um, her friend in the newsroom who also has like a giant crush on her, but she's not interested. Uh, yeah. Is like helping her decide like the costume, but also like listening to hear if there was like stuff going on in the city, like crimes, and then being like, okay, there's a I don't know, there's like a, a bank being robbed. And he's like, you 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 definitely like are bulletproof, right? She's like, I think so. And then she goes out and like has to fight these guys. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I just thought that that scene was like was actually really well done and like kind of nailed. Yeah. I think the the tone they were going for. It's really like a yeah. playful show. It's not trying to be too brooding or serious. There's not going to yeah, be it's a Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. <laughs> as kingpin. Trying to protect the city or trying to protect the city. Trying to protect national city. National city. National city. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Sorry. kingpin, you need, you need a throat lozenge. Yeah. Wesley. Wesley, Wesley, Wesley get him a lozenge, you, please. You're gonna get a lozenge. Get some sparkling water, please. Yeah. Somebody help him. Um, yeah, I, I did like that sequence as well. The other thing is the show seems to have pretty uh, good production value, high production value. Yeah, the, the, the special uh, effects are well done. Her flying uh-huh. looks good. Do you remember anything um, else you wrote down? Just like s- stuff that you thought was funny from the show. Um, I mean. Oh, oh I, yeah. I, and I don't know. I don't know if this is on purpose or not. But every like they showed her uh, two or three different times, like do this thing where she like because she wears glasses, you know, in civilian mode. She like throws them off with her hand, like really yeah. dramatically. And I don't know if that's supposed to be like an homage to the Christopher Reeve Superman films or what. Oh, but funny. I was like, I couldn't. Like I was like, okay, that's. I guess that's funny if they're they're doing that as a wink and a nod. But if they're not, then. They need to stop doing that. <laughs> you know what's funny, dude? Listening to <laughs> listening to this to both of us, it almost sounds like we like the show. I like it's like we're talking ourselves into like. Yeah, no, I mean I'm not against it. Like I think there are so many things that they could go wrong with this show that the amount of things that they've gotten right so far is encouraging. Do you um, think that they will? Because at one point they also acknowledge the fact that she's called Supergirl and not Superwoman, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. There's a moment yeah. where Callista Flockhart, Ally McBeal, the uh, media mogul in this, uh, on this show, um, coins or like names her Supergirl. It comes from her. Um, Hashtag it's Supergirl. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that show. it comes from like 
like clearly the most hateable character on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be kind of demeaning. Uh, but then you have Supergirl being like, why isn't it Superwoman? And then Ellie McBeal has to kind of defend it. But then, like, I guess they just don't change it and it just stays as Supergirl. <laughs> it, maybe it just yeah. starts trending and they're like, well, we can't change it now. It's like, yeah. we're not going to change Hulk Hogan's name after we name him Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I can't uh, go back to Terry the Boulder or whatever. But maybe they could have started off with, like, Ally McBeal being like, let's call her Super Broad. And then Supergirl's <laughs> like, no, come on, that's demeaning. And then, like, we can, like, at least graduate to Supergirl. Like, maybe that would have felt better. I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, they it is a weak explanation as to why they don't go the Superwoman route. Like, she says, like, well, I'm a girl, and I'm super wealthy and smart and beautiful and, you know. Would um, that have gotten too much backlash? Just naming it Superwoman? Like, can we not just do that? Yeah, I don't, we can do anything. Know, it's know. a fucking comic. Like, just call her Superwoman. It's yeah. I mean, I, I it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if they had done that. Obviously, we don't live in a world where that happens, so we don't know. I mean, there are definitely a lot of like I said, there are a lot of ways that this show can come off as trite and as contrived, and you know, using a ton of of cliche tropes. And I'm very scared. Because when the show isn't working well, that's what it does. Oh yeah, I mean, um, it, so it, it when you take away the superhero scenes, yeah, when you take away the superhero scenes, it's basically Gilmore Girls or like Gossip Girl or something. Like it's nothing special. Uh, but then again, I guess you could make the argument that Smallville was kind of like that too, and that show was pretty successful. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think if maybe you use Smallville as its its comparative base, I feel like maybe it could succeed in that sense. Yeah. Um. There, I don't know. This show is going to be very polarizing. I feel because um, there How are many definitely things do you, you give could it? hate. Oh, uh, uh, if it makes it past the first one, no more than three. Wow, you heard it here first. No more than if three. It, no more than three. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, there you go. But like I said, it's going to be a very polarizing show. It it has potential. I as always, I want things to be good. We'll see. The one last thing I wanted to touch on with this show before we, we move off of it is the other uh, inherently uh, the other inherent problem with the show of a Supergirl show is that uh, Warner Brothers has this weird thing where you can't name. You asked me this off the air. You can't say certain things in their TV shows like they have some kind of rule in place. So you can't say Superman. Right. I don't know if you can say Clark Kent, but that's why. And it's very noticeable in the show, in the pilot. They they call him her cousin, the man of steel at one point. Yeah. You know, the the guy up there or whatever. Like they use all these weird ways of identifying Superman without saying Superman. And that's because they can't say Superman, which is kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah, that is very ridiculous. And like. I think the show acknowledges Superman a little too much. It's like, this show's about Supergirl, and if you keep acknowledging Superman and never show him, like, it's just going to be Right, that's weird. the other thing. They can't show him. They can't <laughs> right. show him in the show. That's part of the other uh, the thing show they can't do. At one point. And there's, yeah. like, a, there's like, a photo of him from, like, flying, but you really can't far see away. his face or yeah. anything. Yeah. So, uh, I How, don't know. Here's I'm, another question. How yeah. far, if you had to guess, is Metropolis from National City? <laughs> I'm going to say the distance between New York and L.A. I think it's cross Oh, okay. I thought it was like, 
like Fort Worth and Dallas. <laughs> oh wow, that close? <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. No, I think they're I think they're by culture. So like National City is LA adjacent. Yeah, I think all right, so. That's enough of Jace. We've been overusing the fuck out of this. Uh, all right, that's enough Supergirl talk. As you can well, tell. Well, so wait, let me let me let me point the question back to you real quick. All right. How long do you think the show is going to last? Based I got, off you the You know pilot. what? The production value is pretty high for a TV show. Um, I think it's going to connect with an audience. I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, there certainly aren't very many female superhero characters, so it's at true. least they'd have their own show. So I I could see it. I could see it having a second season. Okay. But so you think? I don't know. Beyond that, I, it's hard for me to predict. I would say at least two. No more than four. No more than four. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're taking. Okay. All right. Well, I know we had a few other things planned, and um, there really is just one last thing I want to talk about for this particular podcast. I think the other few things we could talk about it in a future podcast and i'll go ahead and name them now just so people will know what go to ahead. look forward to yeah. but we're not gonna i don't think we have time to get to them today unfortunately but the 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 rumor it's not even confirmed yet so i think it's definitely something that we can wait but maddie cons maddie mccons maddie mcconaughey's maddie mcconaughey's all right all right all right um my brother from uvalde where i grew up in That's fact right. maddie mcconaughey is rumored to be in talks with Marvel Studios to be possibly Norman Osborn in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is interesting, and I will give my thoughts on that at a future podcast. To the I noobs out there, can you tell them, uh, a.k.a. who? Uh, Green Goblin. Norman Osborn, Norman Osborn a.k.a. Green Goblin. Um, we'll definitely touch on that uh, probably next week. And then the other thing is that, <laughs> and this is mostly because I wanted to see how far we can take this, yeah, but Jaden Smith is back in the news vis-a-vis comic book related items. Uh, there's a rumor that he's in talks with the heads at Warner Brothers to play a character called Static Shock, which is uh, an African American character in the comic books uh, from the '90s. DC. He had his own cartoon show, uh, DC Comics. Yeah, he had his own cartoon show in the mid '90s, uh, short-lived. I think it was one or two seasons. But possibly Jaden Smith is going to be in that role. So that might actually explain why he dressed up as Batman at prom. Who knows? I just want to see how many times we can bring up Jaden Smith organically within the show. <laughs> well, that's two. That's and apparently two, we're and talking about next him next week. week so. so three. Uh, so we'll, uh, hopefully he does something else. We will really. We will champion you, Jaden Smith. We are here for you at the CBC uh, Well, that, that now that now takes another actor off the list as potentially playing dark hawk so i got to keep looking for my for my dark hawk uh, yep and we're definitely going to have to talk about that too i mean if static shock is getting a, a film or an appearance and so we'll, we'll we touch on that don't just hold those thoughts I'll in hold my it. friend I'll hold, hold it. them in like kingpin like wilson fisk and, uh, just hold yeah. it in for West, a week and we'll West get Lee. to it some, oh. some water yeah. Wesley. okay okay what Can it, do you, evian or do you uh, want like pellegrino Oh, okay, really? Okay. Yes. Okay, guys, we need Pellegrino. It's going to take a while. Um, so, but the last thing I really want to talk city. about. <laughs> you do. I, why, does it, why doesn't Wilson Fisk have a I Heart New York t-shirt, by the way? Is <laughs> that not the most Hell's obvious Kitchen. thing that he should know? I, I Heart Hell's Kitchen. Um, somebody needs to make that shirt. They're going to make a lot of money when they do yeah. it. Don't forget us, Ig and Al here at CBC. 
we uh, we wouldn't mind a few dollars our way if you decide to do that. Uh, <laughs> but the last thing I want to talk about on this podcast, it just and I, you know, we can maybe touch on it more next week depending on how the story develops. But we were talking about Supergirl. We're talking about how this show is. There's not that many female superheroes. Definitely represented in t- uh, TV or film, or even I mean in the comics somewhat. But something that was brought to my attention is that recently at the Denver Comic Con, the DCC, yeah. they decided to have a series of panels, which is common in a comic convention. Uh, usually, it's like how to write in comics, how to draw in comics, how to get in the business, you know, how to do inking, how to talk like how Kingpin. are these, how do you, how to talk like Kingpin one hundred and one. They had a, a series of panels entitled "Women in Comics." Great. That's a cool thing to have. They definitely need that. Here's the problem. The Denver Comic Con had the series of panels with no women representation for those panels. <laughs> <laughs> so just dudes up there, just probably, and I'm, I'm going on a limb here, haven't seen it, probably white dudes. Oh, yeah. Probably middle-aged white dudes. Not that uh, it matters if they're white or not. I mean, it's no. just... It's but, like somebody I mean, <laughs> did not notice that the visual of this <laughs> did not look good. And, right. And uh, I don't know how that stuff gets approved. That's so crazy to me. Now, I don't think this is necessarily representative of comic books as a whole, as a medium. Now, there definitely are issues where there are not a significant amount of women in power positions within the comic industry as publishers, right. as editors. Um, there are very few writers and artists. It's definitely a boys club still. That's changing. Um, most notably, the uh, the creative team on Batgirl, I think, is predominantly female. Um, and they do a lot of great things on that book. But, um, you know, it, it's something where they're, they're moving in the right direction, probably not quickly enough. But this is just, on, on the other side of it, this is just an idiotic thing. I mean, how could you have a comic panel called Women in Comics? And not no have women. one woman on the panel. I mean, it's okay to I'm, not necessarily have to have all women. I mean, maybe throw a guy up there too. Get some diversity within your conversation. But no women? Like, right. I, I, I mean, it, it, it kind of sheds light on a bigger issue here, which is that there's just not that many women involved in, in, in the production of comics. I mean, you certainly have women or female superhero characters, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're being created mostly by men and it shows i mean most you know it's funny we used to play that game and we'll have to bring it back soon of uh what he do and basically that the, the, the game is we pick really obscure comic book characters and then we have to guess the other person has to guess what their powers are and almost without fail any female character you pick among their superpowers is just attractive female and it's like you have to <laughs> If you're a female character, you have to be attractive. It kind of comes with the territory. Um, yeah. And that does happen to a certain extent with male characters, too. Uh, but there's a lot more diversity in male uh, body The shapes. portrayal of male characters, right. right. Uh, where, as for women, it's usually very sexualized. And uh, and that's problematic. And it's also still an issue with, with even movies. Uh, you know, And it, it kind of came to light with the fact that there's no Black Widow movie. Um, so there's a lot I to think, uh, there's, there's a lot to improve upon, and uh, yeah, that that uh, that was not a good call, man. Shame on you, DCC. Yeah, I mean, Deez. thumbs down, thumbs down of the week. 
I think maybe maybe in honor, I don't maybe maybe we shouldn't give this to them. But I was I was thinking maybe we could do a thing where like we could spotlight something terrible in comics. Now I I like this podcast to be a positive thing. Uh, like, I've always like the Keith Oberman like worst person in the world type thing. Yeah, like where we just give it something the DCC trophy of the week. <laughs> You know, I don't know, because I really want this podcast to be a positive thing. I've always advocated for us to, to lift up as opposed to push down. But I just felt like this was such a an albatross on well, the and, comic and it scene. sucks, too, because it's like that's that's going to be the main takeaway from people. And even though that panel, you know, I'm sure was full of people that probably had a lot of interesting things to say and probably hopefully people that are pretty mm-hmm. progressive on this front. But in the end, we're not going to hear about it because all we're going to hear about is that it was just dudes and there were no women women actually represented on the panel. You know, the DCC came out with a statement in response to it, basically saying that they have a diversity mission statement. It's kind of a bunch of bullshit. Honestly, <laughs> I don't feel like they handle it very well. Um, you know, San Antonio is going to be having a really big convention uh, called the Alamo city comic con in a, in a few months. And uh, if they do decide to do something like this, that's a, that's a diverse diversity focused panel. I hope that they do a better job. I'm sure that they're looking at this and, and are going to try to do something better. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, the thing is what I've noticed is that in independent comics, there's a lot of female voices out there in publishing and editing and creative. Uh, but for whatever reason, at least as of right now, they're mostly in the independent ranks. Um, so, yeah. you know, I know Marvel is going to be coming out with a, a comic book called the, um, the A-Force, and it's basically an Avengers team that's nothing but female characters, and I believe that they have women in place on that comic, both in creative and in editorial. So, you know, again, they're making steps in the right direction. It's just sad to see these kind of boneheaded moves where... Uh, you know, uh, where it takes us back a couple of steps. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm always kind of like taken aback when I go to comic book conventions at how much, how many women I actually see at them. It's actually like pretty surprising because um, I, I don't know. I always kind of expect it to just be like a dude, dude fest, yeah. and it mostly is. But I mean, I feel like that there is an audience out there. It's just that Our- a lot of women just probably can't relate to the to the female characters that 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 are in these comics, and right. you know. Once once that changes, maybe and that, maybe we'll see even more. You know, women. one yeah. one one piece. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you, but no, that's uh, cool. one real quick. Uh, some feedback that I've gotten, um, and that we, you and I have talked about it off air before. Uh, that you know, why aren't we featuring more female voice voices on this podcast? And we're we're trying. We are we're you know we're trying to get certain people on at some point. It's it's hard to schedule these things, but. Um, oh, I, I, I got, got a friend lined up, ready to go. Yeah, so like I mean, we we are we are we're he- we want to and we will. It's not like we're we're turning a blind eye to it, because um, I think it's important to have as much uh, diversity. You know, you have these thousands of comic book characters out there. That's what the show's named after, and they represent everybody, everybody and anybody. When we want those voices on the podcast as well, so. Um, you know, GCC, shame on you. Let's let's do better next time. And I hope Supergirl is not terrible. <laughs> it probably will be, though, let's be honest. Uh, anyway, man, well, uh, I think we've talked plenty this week. We hit up Daredevil, Supergirl, 
I'm sure some big news is going to drop just now. Like, when we, when probably we like talking. 10 minutes from now. But yeah, I guess next week we'll go back to our kind of regularly regular schedule of kind of talking about the news of the week. Obviously, we've had Avengers and Daredevil uh, over this last month, and that's uh, kind of taken up a lot of our talking points. But, um, you know, we can go back to bashing the Joker next week. Take, 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 takes. We're going to come yeah. back come back with all the takes most takes on the internet on the podcast on the comics on the characters all right man well don't drown out there in texas and uh i guess we will catch you guys next week everybody stay super take care later